Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I've got Coach Connor Sanger with me. Coach Sanger is currently the Offensive Quality Control Coach at North Dakota State University. Before that, he spent, coach, spent time coaching as uh, the running backs at University of Wisconsin-Whitewater quarterbacks at Carroll University, University of Wisconsin uh, Oshkosh, where he helped coach the Gallardi Trophy winner, uh, and spent time as a quarterback at Oshkosh and University of Wisconsin. Uh, excited to have Coach Sanger here with me this morning. Coach, how's it going? Good, Coach. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to uh, be a part of this podcast. You bet. You bet. So my first question for you, and, and you know, you've been a part of, obviously, your, your time at Whitewater, some great teams, and and playing for the Badgers and, and Oshkosh. Talk to me a little bit about uh, how the offensive line paid, played a part in the success of those teams. Uh, every, every successful program that I've been with, it, it really stemmed from having a good offensive line and being, in a, being able to establish the run early. Um, in 2016, it was my last year playing at UW Oshkosh, and we actually made it to all the way to the national championship and lost by three points and only rushed for 39 yards. And it's, kind of funny you think about okay you're one of your two teams out of 250 in division three football who um, make it all the way to the 15th game and and that's a that's a high accomplishment but right after that we scrapped our entire run game <laughs> I mean you, you usually don't find that when you when you have that type of success but um, we figured that if we were going to continue to be successful we had to allow the, the big men up front to play to a scheme more um, more useful to their skill set. So we right. actually switched our run game there and then um, and, and went to a, a more gap scheme style. And then at UW-Whitewater, um, obviously the mantra is pound the rock. And um, as you know, Coach Jennings and Coach Allen and Coach Shields and the, the rest of the staff there, they're well aware that if you want to play late in the year, you got to be able to establish the run and then open some things off of it. So, and, and Wisconsin obviously does what they do. Um, right. They've been doing it for a long time. So it's we find that if, if you are able to run the football, you're going to be successful. Right. Absolutely. And it's, and I mean, and, and, you know, you kind of look, look where you're at now. It's no different. It's you guys are, you know, you, you're, you're going to establish the run and you're going to run your a gap power and you're going to do all those things that, uh, that keep control of the game and keep control of the clock and, and kind of punish your opponents into submission a little bit. So uh, it, that, that's good. That's a good thing. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So real quick, kind of just, you know, in looking at your bio, um, the thing that kind of jumped out at me the most that I kind of wanted to ask you about and, and, and get your experience about it was your time as a walk-on quarterback at Wisconsin. Um, talk to me a little bit kind of just to how that, how that process came to be. I mean, was, was, was it, 
sort of just a dream of yours to play for the Badgers or, or uh, you know, did you have other offers? And, and just tell me about your, your, your time there. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe it was um, my junior year of high school, um, being a growing up in the state of Wisconsin, um, there's only obviously that's the only Division One program in the mm-hmm. state. So if you get a chance to play for the Badgers, um, you're not going to pass that up. Right. But my my junior year of high school, I believe it was, or my sophomore year, I'm not sure which one, but that's when Russell Wilson was there. Okay. And, uh, myself being a you know a five nine and a half on a good day, mobile, <laughs> short quarterback. When you see Russell Wilson doing it at your school in the state. Um, you obviously believe that if he can do it, why can't I? Now, um, I, I've met Russell a couple of times, and, and obviously we've all watched him play, and he's a special dude. So I didn't, I didn't have the, uh, the talent level that he did, but watching him do it definitely pushed my dream towards it. Um, so I got the opportunity to accept the preferred walk-on there after attending camp going into my senior year. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually a better baseball player out of high school than I was a football player. Um, but I've always known that I wanted to get into college football coaching. And I figured that um, if you don't play college football, it's going to be harder to get into college football coaching. So I accepted the preferred walk on and, and um, it, it was a good experience there. I wouldn't change my, change my time there for anything. I was a scout team quarterback for two years. Um, but my offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, who is now the offensive coordinator at Utah, um, he knew that I wanted to get into coaching. So, um, I was able to travel to the to the away games and have a headset on during the game and do the hand signs and, and oh, stuff wow. like that. So he uh, he's been a big influence into my start into quarterback coaching and and kind of the offensive coordinator side of things as well. Well, that's awesome. That's so I mean that's kind of like your an internship before you even have to worry about an internship right there. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it was it was getting and get my hands in that stuff. Like, like you said, an internship while going out and um, getting exposed to other big 10 offenses as well, being the scout team quarterback um, week to week, you know, you, you show up on, on Monday for practice and you, you get a new playbook in your hands. So one week I'm trying to be Braxton Miller from Ohio state. Mm-hmm. And, and the next week I'm simulating, you know, a, a Nate Stanley type guy from Iowa and just seeing the, the ins and outs of different offenses was a really eye opening experience for me. Right. Yeah. And so I've got to ask again, or not again, but, you know, kind of off that question, you're the scout team quarterback doing these offenses where you're moving around, running around, doing all sorts of things. Were you fair game? Did, did those defensive guys get, get to, to hit you live or, or was it kind of a hard physical touch and you're down? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good question. So being a scout team player at Wisconsin, you show up, on Monday to the locker room and, and you go to your equipment locker where they issue the gear and um, you're getting a new Jersey every week to simulate the number of the quarterback that you're going to be seeing. Right. So our, our, our quarterback jerseys for myself, I was number 14. I had a black Jersey, which meant I was off limits. Okay. Um, but you go get that scout team Jersey and it's, it's just a white Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, there were no, and you know, going against guys like Chris Borland and, and Bo Allen, Ethan Armstrong, um, some, some really stud players, right. they were smart about it. Um, if they had a kill shot, they weren't going to take the kill shot. Um, but I took a lot of pride in being the scout team quarterback there. And I wasn't gonna, I mean, we had feel good Thursdays where, uh, coach Strickland tried to bribe me and saying every pick I threw, I was going to get a candy bar for it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any interest in eating any candy bars. Right. 
So if, if, if we were having our way a little bit on the scout team, which, I mean, didn't happen often, but make some guys miss it every now and then, they were going to go the extra mile to make sure that they established I wasn't getting any more yards than, than <laughs> I should. So at that point, it would start to get a little, uh, a little more thud-friendly than just tagging off at the hip. But nothing, nothing egregious. I mean, right. I think that's, that's the thing with good football teams is they know how to practice, and we're, we were all badgers, you know, so we're going to take care of one of another. That's awesome. That's, that's, you know, that, that kind of makes me think of my time. Um, I, I went to Augustana College my freshman year and, and then transferred out. But, I, you know, I was a scout team guy. And, you know, I took pride in, in working my butt off to make those guys better um, because I, I knew that the harder I worked, the, the more I gave them effort, the better they were going to perform on, on Saturday for the, the you know, the, the, real, the real show. And, and you know, I – I got my butt kicked a ton and, and I can remember putting one play. I remember one play I, I pancaked the, uh, <laughs> the middle linebacker and I, I probably didn't pancake him knowing, knowing that guy, he probably just tripped or something, yep. but I, I took pride in that. So I, you know, I can, I can imagine that's the same for you. You know, you didn't want to throw picks. You wanted to, you know, completions and first downs and, and move the ball on those guys. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the big influences of that, um, was Coach Ludwig instilled in me to take a lot of pride in that position. And, and he would talk about it every week, how it's a big role. And one of his things as an offensive coordinator, which I, th- I, I carry with me to this day, is that as a coach or as a player, you should work so hard throughout the week, Monday through Friday, that Saturday is just a review of everything, um, everything that you went over throughout the week. You know, it's like, it's right. like studying for a test. So when you get to the test, you, you're prepared for it. And um, took a lot of pride in preparing the defense, just like you said. Um, getting them ready for for what really counts on Saturdays. Right, that's awesome. Uh, you know, kind of transitioning. You 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 left Wisconsin and went to Oshkosh for two years, um, and then that's where you started coaching. And I'm always curious about guys who coach um, at their alma mater. Um, how that was, how that experience went. Uh, you know, if there were any struggles you had. Uh, but um, you know, talk to me just a little bit about that. Just kind of how you got 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 into it at, at Oshkosh and how it went. Yeah, absolutely. So I transferred into Oshkosh um, for going into the 2015 season, and um, the quarterback—it was an open quarterback competition, and Brett Casper was the quarterback, um, who was my age. We were we were the same age when I got there, and he played pretty well the season before, and I uh, he ended up beating me out in camp. Okay, so it was a, a close race, but he was the number one, mm-hmm. I was the number two, um, but just having the quarterback coaching that I did at Madison um, leading up to it, I had, I had a couple pointers and, and I think that was one of the biggest things for our relationship, mine and Brett's is that um, I was able, we, we were back and forth bouncing ideas off each other, helping each other out because we knew that we ultimately wanted the, the thing that mattered most was to win. So right. um, it's funny. I, I move, I moved to Oshkosh and I actually moved in with Brett. So him and I are living together and we're competing with each other. Um, and he ends up beating me out. So I go into the number two, and then we're playing Whitewater um, at, home, at home week five, mm-hmm. and Brett goes down with a shoulder injury, and then I come in, and the first play I tear my ACL. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm out for the season. And, uh, but I, that's – I mean, the Oshkosh staff knew I wanted to coach as well, so I was, I was technically like a, a student coach that year. So I'm, I'm with Brett every day, and the quarterback's going through stuff and whatever. So that kind of helped. And then 2016, I'm back and healthy. Um, we're playing again. And 
uh, we get up big on a school from Illinois, mm-hmm. and I go in and I tear my LCL in the other leg. <laughs> so now 2016, I'm student coaching again, helping the quarterbacks out, and then um, come back late in the playoffs. I'm, I'm healthy again or whatever, and we make it to the national championship and end up losing. And we're getting on the plane the next day on the way home. And I have one more year of eligibility left, but I go up to Coach Cerrone and say, hey, Coach, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm done right. playing. And he's like, perfect. You can start coaching quarterbacks tomorrow. Um, so the relationship that I built with Brett being his backup, yeah, I think really, I mean, and we talked to Brett about it as well going into it, but he, know, he knew that I had his best interest in mind and the best interest of the, the offense and the team. So when we proposed the idea of that, hey, the guy who just backed you up for two years is now going to be your position coach, right? Uh, which I think a lot of people would scoff at at first. Um, he had no problem with it. It, it kind of goes back to a quote maybe you, I'm sure you've heard before. It's like, those who can't do, teach. Right. And he could do it better than I could, but I was able to, to teach him, and we had a really good relationship um, from the get-go of competing against each other and then having each other's back when it came to um, improving our game. So that made it a really smooth transition for me to be able to coach him. Um, but yeah, being a young, being a young coach where you just played. And I mean, I, I'm still, like I said, I had a year of eligibility left. So I'm coaching guys who, um, who are, who are my peers. And, you know, I was their teammate the year before. Right. And, um, sometimes that could be a little bit challenging, but I think on the field, they definitely knew the time that I put in with the staff and the game plan. Um, so, I mean, it's not one of those scenarios where I'm cussing guys out or anything like that, but if I saw something, whether it's from the wide receivers or the running back or the offensive line, um, not my necessarily position group, but under the offense, you know, I could correct them on things, and they took the coaching, which I think made my transition a lot easier than it could be for, um, for guys who are just getting started where they just got done playing, which I know sometimes can be a challenge. Right, but, I mean, that, shows, that just shows kind of the respect that you – um that those guys had for you and you know that that you know they you know I'm sure they saw your work ethic and they they saw the the time you put in and that's just that you know that's a that's a testament to your again work ethic and kind of your uh, you know passion for for the position for the game for for those guys to to really say okay he knows what he's talking about I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up and listen to him because he's got our best interest at you know inside so that's that's awesome that's um that's really commendable right there Absolutely. Yeah. So last question I've got for you, coach. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from, from guys you've coached guys you've played with um, or guys you were just a fan of who, who would be on that offensive line? Who would be that five man offensive line? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think going from left to right, left tackle would have to be um, Sam Bursnick. He was an all American at UW Oshkosh. And I actually grew up with Sam. Um, we went to the same schools together growing up and I, he was a year older than me, but somebody I've always looked up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really athletic on the offensive line and just a, a standout left tackle, uh, left guard. And, and this is where it gets interesting. Cause I've been around a lot of programs and seen a lot of guys, but, um, left guard, I think I'd have to go with Kyle Costigan, um, played at Wisconsin. He's now a strength coach there, but he was a nasty, nasty left guard coming out of Muskego high school. And, you know, they were running the wing tee. Um, and so he's doing a lot of pulling and very athletic, very physical guy, um, but just a stud. Okay. Um, the center position, 
the center, probably Travis Frederick. I think we would all agree he was a, he yeah. was a great center. Uh, he was pretty I mean, good. Yeah. A little funny story about Travis, not to take too much time here, but he was an engineering major at, at Madison. So he's a really smart guy, and, you know, oh, that wow. makes sense, him making the ID calls and everything like that. But just to show how smart he is, I think um, everybody knows that Wisconsin football players, you know, we um, Madison's such a big campus with our hectic schedules, we had to have mopeds. So, you know, everyone purchased a moped, and they have those speed governors on them just like uh, – just like golf carts do, and, and right. he modified his moped where <laughs> that thing is, is cruising down down the street going 70 miles an hour. <laughs> so, so he was a really smart dude. And, and, that's, and, I, and that's, he's not a small guy either, so that's a, that's a big man going 70 miles an hour on a rocket. I got to tell you, it's, it's funny seeing, seeing guys, you know, offensive linemen at Wisconsin on those mopeds where they're, they're clearly bigger than the thing, but he was able to get that thing up to some speed, so – um, but, yeah, I've admired his game, and, and I wish his career could have went longer than it did if he would have stayed healthy, but I think he's right. one of the best centers I've been around. Um, right guard, we had um, an offensive lineman at UW Oshkosh, Alex Wendorf, who was, who was really solid at what he did, another athletic guy, um, really smart physical player. And at Oshkosh, we went to the – in 17, we went to NDSU's gap scheme and, and him pulling – cleaning up the A-gap. He did some really good things there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right tackle, probably go with Rob Havenstein, who I believe is still with the uh, the Los Angeles Rams, um, played at Wisconsin. Really, really big human being. I mean, you see some of those NFL linemen and you understand why they're there. Um, but, but yeah, he, he, he was a stud. And I've listened to your podcast before and people say in offensive lines, um, throwing some names out there. Coach Blazik's throwing some throwback names. And, yeah. You know, I, me being a younger guy at only 25, I, I got to think of more recent guys, but I think that's who I would go with. Okay. I like it, man. I like it. Again, we've, we've had – I've interviewed so many coaches, and I don't think we've had the same – you know, there's been similar similar picks, but they've, they've each one been different. So it's been, it's been something, again, kind of like the, the first question. It, it always interests me. This one always interests me too. So um, Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. It's cool to hear everybody's everybody's ideal offensive line for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, coach, we'll get you out of here. Do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle uh, and any other information you want the listeners to know, and and then we'll uh, get you on your way. Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, find me on Twitter at coach underscore Sanger S E N G E R. Um, Try to stay pretty active on there and 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 checking that thing quite often throughout the day. So if any anyone wants to reach out and connect, especially in this time where we're not really sure what we're able to do, but, you know, still trying to grow our profession and, and um, connect with as many guys as possible. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Um, a lot of fun on there and try to, uh, you know, I follow the hog football chat clinic every night or every Monday night and, and watch the guys posts and stuff like that. So I appreciate what you're doing with that platform as well. But yeah, that's, Thank you. that's the Twitter handle. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, um, you know, stay healthy, stay safe and, uh, you know, look forward to speaking to you down the road, coach. Yeah, absolutely. Coach. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for everyone listening and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome 